Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Horror 421, the podcast, with your host, your friendly small-town horror author, Charles Campbell. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the frights in this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Horror 421, the podcast. I'm your host, small town horror author, Charles Campbell. And today I have a very special guest. Uh, I've admired his work from afar uh, for a little while now. Uh, I kind of got wind of him through mutual friend connections on uh, Facebook and uh, our weekly spooky page. And I am so honored to have uh, Bruce Haney on the show today. He is an accomplished author, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff he's done on Weekly Spooky. Uh, but anyway, welcome to the show, Bruce. I'm so happy to have you. Well, thank you. So since you found me through Weekly Spooky, does this make me part of the Enrique Cuto connection? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're definitely part of the Enrique Cuto connection. When I met Enrique, he said, call him Henrik, but that is morphed into his real name, Enrique. That's what I called him when I first met him was Enrique. And then he said, no, it's mm. Henrik. I said, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he, yes, he just went, part, started going by that. Part of the, um, not not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bruce, got a lot to talk about today. One thing you sent me in the mail, and I found it very interesting. And uh, Bruce is from Boring, Oregon. Is that correct? Um. Sort of. I work in the town. <laughs> I work in the town of Boring, Oregon. I'm, I'm the okay, town historian, okay. but I've never actually lived there. Okay. All right. Well, he is the town historian, historian for Boring, Oregon. And uh, Bruce sent me this uh, book. And I've, I don't read a lot of nonfiction, but this was very interesting. And uh, it's called Oregon Moonshine, Bootleggers, Busts, and Brawls. And thank you for this copy, by the way, Bruce. It is Welcome. a... Very well written book, and he has some awesome images in here. Uh, I mean, it's it's a great little history lesson. So before we get started into the spooky stuff, Bruce, kind of introduce yourself, give us a little bit about your background, and tell us how you became the town historian of Boring, Oregon, and what started your uh, fire for this book. This is a cool book. Yeah. So about seven, eight years ago, I started wondering about the town I worked in, Boring like how to get its, get its name and uh, about the history. It got its name by and a guy named William Boring who donated land for the first school. And when I started researching that, I decided to maybe start a Facebook group. Maybe other people will be interested in that. I thought maybe, you know, I'll get 50 people eventually. And now, you know, a few years later, I have about 2,000 members in that group. Nice. And that, Yeah. And that led to the local boring community planning organization asking me to do a monthly speech. And so I started doing that. And now that I had an audience, I was like, oh, I, w I don't want to just go, you know, this building was built in 1905 by this guy. I wanted to find stories that were fun. And right. the first one I found was the story that I call the boring boxing story, which is this guy who was in the town of boring, who was starting fights with everyone and claiming he was a prize fighter. Uh, he wasn't. His name was Free Coldwell, and I can't find any prize fighter with that name. Um, <laughs> where can I find him? I think he was using a fake name. But the the town of Boring hired a guy from Portland who was training, a guy who was training in Portland, but he was actually a Canadian fellow named Tommy Burns to have a real fight with him. 
and the town of Boring gave him one rule. Um, you can beat him up as much as you want, but don't kill him. We don't want to pay to bury him. <laughs> and yeah, that's my favorite Boring story. And from that, you know, I found a new story every month. And then after a couple of years, I went, wow, I have all these cool stories that only, you know, this group of 30 people know. I should put it together and right. do a book. And from there, well, um, working on that book, I found some moonshiners and boring. And when it was time to do another book, I was like, you know, those moonshiners were kind of fun. Why don't I just focus on all of Oregon and do a moonshining book? Well, you have sources for all of these pictures in the book, but I, I find it fascinating. I love the old photographs. Um, how oh, yeah. did you? How did you pull all of those together? I mean, you know, I write fiction, so I don't. I don't have to really go digging for a bunch of old photos and stuff like that. But this is really cool stuff. And the quality of this book, ladies and gentlemen, if you pick it up, it, it, he's uh it's, it's the real deal. He's got nice, shiny, glossy pages inside. The photos all look really crisp. Uh, but tell me about these photos, man. These were awesome. How did you get those pulled together? Yeah, the photos are kind of always the hardest part. You know, I, I work on stories, I put it together and I hope, at the end, I'll be able to find photos to go with them. Um, so, you know, I'll I'll make a list of every like name person in the story, and then I'll reach out to the local um, historical society and see if they have photos of those people or photos of locations I found. And I go from there, and it's it's a long, it's kind of a long process. And well, the I'm, hardest yeah, part I'm with sure that book was. That book was the hardest one to do because I really wanted moonshining, you know, actually like moonshining stills in the, in the book. And, right. you know, the criminals didn't take photos of their moonshining operation. So, <laughs> you know, I reached out to all the major, you know, Oregon historical groups and looked in their archives because a lot of them are online and found nothing. So I, I went from there to reaching out to every small one that had, you know, just any kind of like I could find a phone number on call like do you guys have anything and I eventually found you know all those great photos oh yeah well we got we got some still work right here too so yeah it's this is this is really neat man and, and it kind of opened my yeah. eyes to a different part of the country I'm in the deep south you can't tell by the southern twang but uh <laughs> this is some really cool stuff and and you know we had bootleggers back in the day around here and th this you know uh, it was really well done and guys if uh, if you're interested in nonfiction and you know, I'm not a big nonfiction guy. This was really good. So you can pick this up. Uh, uh, we'll put a link down below where you can pick up a copy, but uh, great job on this, Bruce. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So let's get into horror a little bit. So you've got a creepy side yeah. to you, man. And um, Bruce <laughs> is part of a, part of a club that we're in uh, as weekly spooky authors. And he's already made such an impact. So if you go to weeklyspooky.com, you can listen and subscribe. It's narrated by our good friend Enrique Cuto, who does all kinds of cool stuff. So you go to weeklyspooky.com and check it out. But Bruce, tell me how you got into horror and, you know, what did you, what made you gravitate toward horror uh, as you're coming up? And then we'll get into these stories a little bit. And, you know, are you going to put a, an entire horror novel together? That would be awesome to see. But anyway, I digress. I'll let you talk on, speak on that for a couple <laughs> minutes. All right. Um, I found horror, I think, through my big sister. 
from like I was seven years old, I looked up to her and she was really into Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, all the Friday the 13th movies. And I'm a listener to your podcast, so I'm going to tell you a story that's real similar to one you've told before. Okay, um, when I was seven cool. years old, we'd actually watch these movies like as a family. So as they're seven years old, I could watch Nightmare on Elm Street and I could watch all the violence, but then I'd have yep. to, you know, close my eyes when nudity came on screen. Yeah, my stepmother. Oh, yeah. My stepmother actually had a little blackboard never... she put in front of the television. Yeah. So funny. My family would never tell me when the nudity was gone, though. So it would be like a minute and a half later going, Okay, can I see the violence now? <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, okay." You know, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. And from there, you know, I grew up in a uh, a really fun time to be a you know a kid growing up in horror, uh, because you know I had Tales from the Crypt, I had Eerie Indiana. There's a lot of Are You Afraid of the Dark? A lot of horror that was aimed at younger people. Yeah, and then yeah. I well, I, I want to get into when something get, you're very passionate about, but keep going. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to books, I, I sound like, you know, a lot of your guests, you know, I started with Goosebumps and then I went to yeah. Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. And those are my main, you know, two horror book writers, except uh, Jeff Strand. I'm really into Jeff Strand, who I found on your podcast. Yeah, Jeff Strand is pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Yeah, I've read. Um, you had him on like a year ago and I've listened to like I've read and listened to like 16 of his books since then. Wow, you've listened yeah. to and read a lot more than I have, and I'm a I'm a Jeff Strand fan. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, book Blister. I don't know if you read listened to that one. Um, oh yeah, it, that was the one because when he was on your podcast, he was talking about, you know, they went to the place, and the the next day he went, and that's when the story really started. And I was like, ooh, that sounds so creepy. Uh, yeah, I got a, That was yeah, the first was, one I read. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, now there's something I, I know that you're very passionate about and I'm, you know, I don't know if I, I, I don't, I won't say that I'm super passionate about it, but I am a fan. So let's mm -hmm. talk about your involvement with Blair Witch and how you got into that. And, uh, you know, um, tell me a little bit about your story around Blair Witch and, and, and your fascination with it. Uh, yeah, Blair Witch Project, I, I didn't get to see it in theaters. Um, so bummed about that. I got to see it on, you know, probably VHS. And when it came out, they had, they also gave you a blockbuster. If you rented a couple movies, they gave you a VHS called Sticks and Stones, which was okay. about the Blair Witch Project, but it was, it had all the fake documentary footage, like Heather's parents being interviewed and things like that. And that's what really got me. And then from there, you know, Blair Witch 2 came out and, Actually, I do kind of like it. Everyone hates it, but I, you know, being a super fan, I, I love it. My friend Bryce, he he like he loves it too. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Blair Witch too, but he's like you in that regard. Mm -hmm. He he really loves it, and he loves the lore behind it. Um, the lore, the lore is everything. You know, they and yeah. that movie, like it burned so bright. It was so popular that in that one year after it came out, we got a sequel. We got like five comic books. We got eight uh young adult novels and three video games and then the backlash <laughs> yeah well 
I really, I, I did see it in the theater. I was 30 in 1999. I think that's when it came out, 98, 99, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I was one of those people that, that kind of believed it, you know? I, I was young, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm like, wow, where did this happen? Did this really happen? I'm asking those questions. <laughs> and, and they yeah. fooled a lot of people with that. They fooled a ton of people. And I was one of them. I was so gullible. I was like, wow, I can't believe this. Oh, where is this place? But, uh, yeah, and Heather Donahue is going to be at Days of the Dead next week in Atlanta. So I'm definitely going to go talk to her for a few minutes. Cool. Um, so I don't know if, you're, if you've done the convention thing, if you've been to horror conventions, um, if that's something you want to do. Not really. I do, well, yeah. Th- that's a, yeah, that's a good place to meet uh, a lot of those folks. Um, you know, Heather's, mm-hmm. like I said, is going to be in Atlanta. And we had the Paranormal Activity folks there last year. Um, I'm a fan of the pa- Paranormal Activity films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter got me into those. She used to drag me to the theater to watch those, and I got really pretty hyped up over those. I, I, I love the first yeah. three especially. Um, yeah, the, but, thir- the third one um, is really creepy. That's the one that really scares uh, yeah. me is the third one. I keep yeah. going the scene back where he and goes into the, the scene where oh, he go goes ahead. into the room and they're, they're just standing there in the dark. Oh yeah. The scariest thing I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that I'm with you with that third one really stands out. Um, I go back and forth between the second and the third film and the first one. I mean, I, I think I like the first three equally. And then after that, mm-hmm. I still enjoy them, but I don't enjoy them as much as the first three. Um, right you know that that's me so let's get into let's get it let's get into the horror author side of bruce haney uh so i've listened to your weekly spooky stories and i think the last one you wrote was for christmas and christmas at the psych ward or the last one that henrik has uh narrated so i don't know if you have any more in the pipeline for him uh but let's talk about christmas yeah yeah one in the uh one in the pipe and I have like two in second or third draft. I need to finish and submit too. Well, well he, he does, he loves the holiday theme stuff and he makes a really big deal out of, you know, uh, Halloween and Christmas, especially. And I enjoyed, I've enjoyed everything you've, you've, I've listened to of yours on the podcast, but uh, let's awesome. talk about Caleb, the cutter a little bit in Christmas at the psych ward. Where did you come up with that? That was a cool short story. And uh, for the listening audience, you can listen to this story at weeklyspooky.com. We'll try not to spoil too much of it, but um, I just kind of want to dig into the writer brain of uh, Bruce and see how he came up with the idea for Christmas at the psych ward. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, Enrique put out the call for Christmas horror and I thought about it for a while. I'm like, oh, what do I do? Do I do killer elves? Do I do killer Santa? You know, I thought about it for a while and, you know, I decided to do it in a psych ward and especially because I wanted to write about uh, someone who deals with self-injury. Um, my current, the novel I, I actually just finished writing my first draft of two days ago deals with similar things. Okay. Um, so I wanted to, you know, take, I wanted to. I wanted to write about a cutter and I wanted to make a Christmas story for Enrique. So he'd have something. And that was kind of the Genesis. And I just worked it from there. Well, in your creative process, I know you've written, yeah. um, you know, a lot of nonfiction 
and like you said, you're the mm-hmm. his, town historian of Boring, Oregon. What are the different challenges you see between, right? I've never attempted nonfiction work. So what are the differences and challenges you see between writing something imaginary that comes out of your brain and uh, something you have to collect data for, like nonfiction uh, stuff? Mm-hmm. So kind of compare those two for me and and how you approach each each style of writing. Yeah, the process is a lot different. Um, writing narrative, writing fiction is, I want to say easier, but it's, you know, getting a good word count on uh, on fiction <laughs> is way easier than nonfiction. Because the way I break down uh, the stories for the nonfiction stuff is I'll, I'll pick a topic and I'll get in the newspaper archives and find everything I can for that topic and bookmark it. And then when I find, you know, the story I want to do, I look at that story. I write down every note about the story in a spreadsheet. And then I search the archives for that. And then, you know, add that to the spreadsheet until I've, um, I've done everything I can possibly do on there. And then I think about putting it together. So each story takes about three weeks to a month and a half just for, you know, 1500 words. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that would drive me insane that would drive me 1500 yeah. words is one writing session for me <laughs> right right that's nuts oh man yeah well you're talking about you you just finished draft one of your um first fiction horror novel can you get kind of give us a little taste of what it's about uh well you don't have to spoil it or anything but kind of give us a little synopsis of, of what we're looking forward to yeah it's it's actually not horror. Um, I keep oh I'm sorry. Like wanting to write horror, but haven't done it yet. For uh, oh, well, I apologize to the audience. I didn't mean to mean to, mean to speak incorrectly. So, but anyway, what's it about? Yeah. yeah, it's about growing up in the late '90s. It's about the culture change with you know Columbine happening, um, pop yeah. culture. It's a coming of age story about a kid. Uh, dealing with um, having friends that have, you know, issues and how that affects him and how that changes his life and, you know, how he ends up and finds a way to have strength in the end. Right. Well, do you, yeah. do you have a working title or do you have a title for the book yet? Are you willing I to share that? I have a working title, but I'm, I don't want to share it. Not ready. It, I understand. No. I completely understand. Because I think it's a really cool title that if I put it out there, someone's going to grab. Because I'm not sure when. Because the only goal for this novel, as my first novel, was to write it. I don't know if it's going to come out soon. If it would be, I think it would be a powerful debut novel, but I'm not sure I want it to be. I think I want to write a couple more novels to perfect my craft and then go back through it again. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So I'm going to kind of go back to Weekly Spooky. What, I, what I'm what i interested in is how you how did you discover Weekly Spooky? And how did you mm-hmm. get connected with Enrique? I love to hear the Kuto uh, click and, and their story, their yeah. origin <laughs> stories of how they met uh, Henrik. And I'm going between Henrik and Enrique, so sorry. I called him Henrik for most of the time, so that's what I'll probably keep calling him. But anyway, what's your origin story with Henrik? Um, Tubi. 
You know, I was on Tubi and I uh, seen his fun face with a uh, popcorn fodder. I'm a big uh, <laughs> Joe Bob Briggs guy too, so I love a horror host. And so I watched the first episode. He mentioned he was a director, so I looked him up and I can't remember which was the first. I don't know if it's Babysitter Massacre or. Huh. I'm not sure which one I watched, but I, once I watched one, like I ran through all of them. Yeah, Henry, his films are entertaining. I think my favorite one is Devil's Trail, just because of the, um, just because of the chemistry between he and John, and how he mm-hmm. really got under John's skin, and that wasn't an act. John was really irritated with him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I think my but, favorite uh, of the found footage is Alone in the Ghost House. Oh yeah, 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 and that's yeah, got, I had you know, Joni everybody. Yeah, it's got the whole yeah. kudo. Cl- well, a lot of the kudo click in that, and it was very well yeah. done. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I had two of two of those. Well, I've had a lot of his actors on, mm-hmm. uh, but Joni and John were on a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah, she she's an awesome actress. I really enjoy watching her. But mm-hmm. uh, well, that's 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 cool. It's kind of. The way I found them, but I found them through the Dollar Tree. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't even—it wasn't even a film that he uh, directed. It was, uh, I think, it was a John uh, Oak Dalton film, "The uh, Girl in the Crawl Space," and Henrik produced. Oh, those are it. fun too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I pop, I bought it at the dollar store, popped it in the DVD player, watched it, and I said, "Oh, let me look up some of these people," and then kind of connected with Henrik and noticed he hosted a weekly spooky show and. I said, hmm, I'll submit a story. And eight or nine stories later, then we're, we're pretty good friends now. I really, really think Henrik's a cool dude. So I'm glad. I do too. You know, we, I think I'm glad we both got connected with him. So uh, he, he loves to help authors and get their work out there. Yeah. And that's how, so, he found, how I found you too. You know, well, found, you know, it was, listening to interviews of him on other people's podcasts and I found yours and started to run through it. And now I've read three of your books. Nice. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my, my books are all around the Valley and they're really, you know, it's just stuff I know. I don't have to do a lot of research on that stuff. <laughs> right. Well, but yeah, it, just even it's... writing this novel, um, taking place in 1998-99 it's still a lot of research even though I lived through yeah. it I'm still like I'm such a researcher that I have a scene where these people have like magazines on their on their um, coffee table and I'm researching what was on the cover in November of 1999 <laughs> oh nice can't stop nice. it <laughs> yeah well I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s you know I graduated high school in 1987 so I like to set a lot of things around that time period when I can. Uh, it was such mm-hmm. a fun time growing up in the eighties before the internet. Well, you got some of that. You grew up before the internet. Was yeah. Big and, you know, took over the world. Yeah, We used to go into the library simple. to get the internet. <laughs> uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I remember taking uh, programming classes and the, the 24, four and 56, whatever K modems and, uh, that, Times have definitely changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. So, yeah. 
what do you think you're, you know, what do you have coming up on the horizon? You know, you say you have a couple in the, in the works for weekly spooky. And we talked about your, uh, uh, your novel that you're working on. What do you ex- aspire to do in the next couple of years? Do you want to, you know, put something out in the horror realm or uh, you want to work on for, focus on more short stories for weekly spooky? Do you want to put a compilation together? I'm just kind of interested in what the future holds for Bruce Haney. Yes. To all those things. <laughs> I, <laughs> nice. You know, I'm trying to bank a bunch of shorts for weekly spooky. Um, I'm about to start another novel. And I'm also working towards the goal of doing the, what, NAMO, RIMO, RIMO thing. So I want to, yeah, in, in November, I want to write yeah. 50,000, yeah, write 50,000 words. Those are my big goals for this year. Oh, those are, those are really good goals. Um, yeah. There's a, there's another book I want to ask you about because I've actually suffered through this and they're, you know, I'm 54. Well, I'll be 55 next month in February. Um, and this episode will air on February 16th. So 12 days after that on February 28th, I will be 55. But I noticed, and I didn't look at it. I didn't look, have time to really look into it and see, you know, what it entailed, but you, you have a book out there called brain fog. Is that correct? No, not me. Oh, that's not you. Is there, is that another Bruce Haney? It's another it's on your page. I, I keep <laughs> on uh, Goodreads. Wow. I can't get yeah, it off. There. Yeah, Goodreads. Yeah. yeah, I went to do my research on you. Yeah. I was like, wow, <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote a book called Brain Fog, and I actually suffered suffered through that. And you know, I I, I had a medical condition that uh, that oh, the no. doc fixed around that. But uh, hey, other Bruce Haney, thank you. I'll, I'll, I need yeah. to ask you about the book. But Goodreads, get your crap yeah. together. <laughs> right. I keep wanting to buy that book and just put it on my shelf with my other books by me. <laughs> just make my catalog look bigger. Oh man. Well, yeah, yeah. you got this podcast host with egg on his face. Good reads. Thank you. Now there's another book that I'm sure you did. Uh, and, uh, Henry brought it up the other day. Uh, well, he brought it up when, he, when he narrated, uh, your story, eccentric tales of boring Oregon. Uh, now I don't have yeah. a copy of that book and I'm going to, I'm going to go purchase a copy of that one. You, you sent me this one gratis and I appreciate that, but uh, I do like to support uh, fellow creators. So I'm, I'm definitely going to pick that up, but tell me a little bit about eccentric tales of boring Oregon. Uh, you've got my interest peaked for yeah. boring Oregon now. Yeah. It's a book that shows that, you know, boring is anything but boring. We have all sorts of, fun stories that happened like the boxing story or that's in that book, the dynamite. Yep. That's an, that's the opener. That, that's the strong, cool. my strongest story. Love that one. Um, we had, uh, the dynamite mystery, which this house was blown up and it was maybe the son that did it. Maybe not. I got that in there. Um, I have a story called mass potatoes, the hard way which is about uh, a train of mass of potatoes getting in a, into a wreck with another train. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to pick that up, man. That sounds yeah. super interesting for sure. So another yeah, thing fun, I like a lot. One. Another thing I like. It's to a good display page off. too. Oh yeah. I'll bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked at the cover. Yeah. It looks really good. Well, this cover yeah. 
this cover looks yeah. amazing. Um, that the publisher that you know who, they do great work. Who, who put this? To, yeah, who put this together for you? Yeah, it's uh, the History Press. And when I wrote my first book, I was hoping I wrote down like every publisher for local history, and I really wanted the History Press or Arcadia, their um, main company. And I wasn't going to reach out to them. I was going to reach out to these other companies first because I'm like, I don't know. But I reached out to them and they they wanted it. And the reason I wanted them is they have their books in um, Barnes & Noble, you know, Walgreens. You see little displays at your local grocery store. They get their books out there. Right. And they do, you know, quality, beautiful books. Yeah, they, I, I, I mean – this is a really high quality book, guys. I mean, it's glossy. It's glossy papers, glossy. You know, it's it's a really nice, very well done, very well formatted book. And you know, it's um, the pictures, like I mentioned before, are really good. And this, you know, the 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 history here is really good. So I can't gush enough about this book. The whole thing. <laughs> Um, it's really, really, you know, high production value is, is what I want to say. I mean, it, it, it is legit. So you guys make sure yeah. you go check this out. But, uh, oh, I, I should, I like, I should mention with goals too. Um, I actually have a third book coming out with them in a couple months. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. A book called a third uh, book North out? Portland. Yeah. Called North Portland Odd Fellows. Which is about the the fraternity, the Odd Fellows are kind of you know like the Masons or the Moose Lodge, that kind of thing. And this is a book in their Images of America series that a lot of people know about because it's it, it's like two hundred photos, and then you write about each one. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that that's my first co-author uh, thing because I did it with a guy named David Shear, who's also a member of the Odd Fellows. Nice. Well, listeners, yeah. make sure you check that out. One thing I do like to ask uh, fellow authors is, um, who are some of your influence in the literary world uh, coming up? You know, you mentioned Stephen King earlier, but uh, who did you gravitate toward when you picked up, you know, you know, your first book as a kid, up until you know now? I mean, who do you read? Um, who do you yeah. kind of pattern yourself after? Yeah, I don't know who I pattern myself after but but i like goosebumps um stephen king now jeff strand i read a lot of uh comedy too like david sedaris i really like the humorist uh john waters and um i like the beat poets I like i'll read like uh william s burroughs junkie is one of my favorite books uh and i like um like I like books about de depression because uh, I suffered that from that when I was younger. <laughs> so I really like Girl Interrupted and I like uh, The Bell Jar, like those kind of books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean, you you checked a lot of boxes that ring in my head, you know, um, and you've heard me on podcasts say who, who I grew up reading and listening to and that kind of thing. Um, as far as 
this is a horror podcast, so we're going to talk about horror films just a little bit. What are some of your favorite horror movies and genres? I know you talked a little bit about it, but what are some of your go-tos and some of the films that really get you in the horror world? Yeah. Uh, I love found footage. I love, I loved evil dead when I was a kid. Well, I I love it now, but I found evil dead when I was a kid and whenever I was sick, like during high school, if I was out sick, this is my thing. I would drink night quill and I would watch evil dead one, evil dead two and fall asleep during army of darkness. (laughs) Even though I loved, (laughs) loved it. Uh, Sounds, sounds pretty familiar. Rank the evil dead movies for me. Someone asked me to do that. Uh, and I'm a big evil dead. I consider myself a deadite, but, uh, yeah. In your ranking, can you you rank the movies for me? What what's your favorite to least favorite? And they're all good, but uh what's your ranking? They are they are they don't make nobody they don't make a bad Evil Dead. That's just a fact. The series, the movies, they're all good. I've got them all. I, I've got the Ash versus Evil Dead sitting here on DVD, the uh but Someone put me on the spot and asked me to rank them. So since you're another Evil Dead guy, I want I want you to rank them if you can. Yeah, I pr- I probably go just because I love Bruce Cam- Campbell so much. It's going to be top heavy with that. It's going to go Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, then Evil Dead Rise, and then you know the Evil Dead the remake. I can't argue with that. Uh, my my order is different, but I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. That's so. What did you think of Rise earlier this year? I I I'll, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I like the way they moved moved the setting out of the uh, out of the woods. What what was your take on Evil Dead Rise? Um, I only seen it once when it came out. Uh, I just enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Uh, the mother character was, you know, delightfully creepy and had all those gross elements that made an Evil Dead movie. Yeah, well, she's going to be at Days of the Dead yeah. in Atlanta as well, and I'm going to talk to her. Uh, I'm going to try to get some of these people on the podcast. Sometimes getting these bigger names is is a little harder. You know, we had David Al- mm-hmm. uh, Howard Thornton on a couple years ago, and uh, after Terrifier 2 blown up, he won't even answer my messages, David. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But they get, I'm sure they get super busy when they, when they get oh, super yeah. famous like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so I was Even, fortunate you know, to get him on. Us as authors, we're always busy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes a little too busy, but, uh, it's fun, you know. Uh, I do, I do this podcast for fun. I really don't make any money on it. I just like talking to people in horror and other authors and entertainers and musicians. That's why I had to break off, uh, uh, the pot, the, the musician podcast into a different podcast because I had people ask me, why do you have so many musicians on your horror podcast? If you go back to that first season, I had a lot of musicians on the horror podcast, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't care. I like to talk to people. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that that's cool. So I liked your evil dead rankings for sure. Um, yeah. What is your Texas chainsaw massacre? Oh yeah. I was actually yeah. going to, kind of yeah. follow up with something like that. How do you rank the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies? I have very strong feelings about the the uh, reimagining in 2003. Uh, yeah. On the positive side. I, I loved it. A lot of okay. people didn't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 
I'd have to revisit it. I didn't care for. Any yeah, you you, you fall on the other side. Uh, most people 80s. do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember being um, ten years old and having a sleepover. You know, having my friends over to our house, and my plan was I rented Evil. I rented uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, two, and three. <laughs> that was the kind of kid I was. <laughs> nice. Well, you can't go wrong with that. I mean. Out of the one, yeah, two, three, which one was order. your favorite? One, two, three. It goes back and forth between one and two, you know. Yeah, two. Two one is so crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I love about it. You know, I'm a Rob Zombie fan, so you know, I like a weird movie. Even I, House of I Thousand Corpses, I love. Yeah, I love House of the Thousand Corpses. Uh, I love Thirty One. A lot of people didn't like Thirty One. I love Thirty One. Yeah, um, I love. I like Thirty One. That's probably my least of them, but. I still do. Yeah, like and that's that movie. most. Most people say that. Most people say that's our least. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> it's not for me. But I love uh, Lords of Salem. You know. See now that one, I I I, I like <laughs> right. it, but I don't. I'm not in love with it. My buddy Bryce, which you've probably seen on the podcast, um, he loves it too. And I may have to go back and revisit. I have all of Rob Zombie's movies on DVD, but I've seen that one twice, and I liked it more the second time I watched it. So. I'm thinking if I watch it again, I'll probably like it more the third time I watch it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was kind of he, he like told me he piece. thought it tied into, or he had a theory that tied into Rob Zombie's Halloween too. I'm not sure how how it does. Uh, I need to talk to him about that again. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm not sure about that. But uh, what did you think of Rob Zombie's Halloween movies? I liked the first one, but I never did watch the second one. I think You're I started same... it and I fell asleep and then I never went back. Well, and Bryce and I have this conversation. I almost say argument, but it's not an argument because it's really <laughs> not worth fighting over. But uh, I really enjoyed the first one. And I thought the kid actor, you know, he's a grown man now, but the, the kid actor nailed it. He did it for me in that first movie. I thought it was excellent. Probably my favorite Halloween movie, including John Carpenter's uh, Halloween. I, I, I like Rob Zombie's first Halloween movie. The second one, not so much. When it went off into fantasy land and all that other shit, I was like, eh, I don't know. But my buddy Bryce swears by it. But in the other kid, they had to replace the kid, I guess, because he got older or whatever. Uh, but that first kid in the first film loved it. Yeah. Uh, I could talk, oh, I could talk Ron Z- Rob Zombie movies for a while. So sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, so you liked Halloween House of kind of, Corpses. Yeah. Yeah, I love, no, love go ahead. Halloween, Devil's Rejects. Halloween, I'm. It's always been kind of a blind spot. I've never been a big Michael Myers guy. Yeah, it's always yeah. A, like a shocker. Just not a big Michael Myers guy. Well, I was I'm a Jason guy. The biggest. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was me growing up too. I, I fell in love with the with the Friday Thirteenth films, and I remember I was a kid, and the final chapter came out, and we had this little single theater in Aiken. It may have had two, uh, where it had two movies that showed at one time or whatever, but it was a tiny little theater. And I called my dad on the phone and I'm almost in tears. I'm like, because it's a rated R movie, I couldn't just go in there. And uh, I said, dad, please take me to see the final chapter, please. And he, he didn't, he didn't give a crap about Friday 13th and that stuff. And I said, please, dad, you got to take me, you got to take me. It's the last one. It's the final chapter. They're never going to make another one. 27 movies, 27 movies later. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
you know, we got introduced to Corey Feldman in that film. So uh, that was, I, I loved, I, I really loved the 80s Friday the 13th films. Really loved them. Um, yeah. And I'm one of the few people that actually like Jason X for what it is. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. That's a fun yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's campy. It's fun. It doesn't take itself. Yeah. Well, none of them take themselves seriously, but no. it's, and the special effects in that movie are better than they should be for a film like that. If that makes sense. Right. Especially for look, what? 2000. A, I think they made that. Yeah. Yeah. And no. you know, special special effects were better than a lot of sci-fi films released in that time. So mm-hmm. anyway, I digress. I could talk about even love, for a while too. Right, I even love Friday Thirteenth Part Five. I love that, even though it's not Jason. I love that movie because it has the best characters. Yeah, I'm a fan of that film too. Um, the only bummer for me was that it wasn't Jason, but the way they did it, I, you know, I, I did like the characters, and um, it was a fun movie. It it, it was. I, I I really don't dislike any of them. I even like Jason Takes Manhattan. That's probably people's least favorite. Um, that's my least favorite yeah. yeah yeah but i liked it i mean and then I maybe the remake it. i have mixed emotions on the remake i thought the first 20 minutes was excellent and then it kind of kind of went downhill but the first 20 minutes was just so you know it was in your face and it was action it was fast jason and um yeah you know I, I, but after that i was like eh but anyway I'm not sure what they're going to do with the franchise. I guess they're going to make another film eventually. I don't know if you've heard anything, but yeah, I, I know it's all you know convoluted now because you know who owns the rights to Jason versus who owns the rights to the title. Because I know they're doing right. that TV show, but it's it's not called Friday the Thirteenth. Crystal Lake, I think, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, in in. You know, I got the Friday Thirteenth box set a few years back, and it didn't include all the films. And I think they have one out now that does include all the films, but it only included the first eight films that were, you know, uh, put out by who was who was the uh, was it Twentieth Century New Box? Line. I can't remember. I think New, New Line. I, okay. Oh no, no New Line Bottom eventually. It but was anyway, Paramount? whoever did the first eight, originally. maybe it was Par- yeah, it was Paramount because yeah. I remember the logo now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the first eight yep. got that in the box set, and then I had to buy all the others separately to get the complete collection. Now they sell it in this big, fancy box set with all the films, but I'm not buying it again. I've already got it. <laughs> I remember how when it first, when they first came to DVD, how mad people were that they were changing the artwork. Yeah. From the classic yeah, VHS covers. Too. Yep. Yeah. The classic VHS covers were awesome. Um, yeah, beautiful. And that, you know. You're old enough, so you you did the blockbuster thing. Uh, when I was a kid, oh, yeah. we didn't really have blockbusters. It's more mom and pop video stores, but same thing. You go in, pick your movies, go home, stay out until two in the morning, three in the morning, watching that stuff. Awesome, yeah, best time of my life. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, if you didn't have a bunch uh, of blockbuster videos, you at two o'clock in the morning, all you could do is watch reruns of Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> nah. nah, couldn't do that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I and I remember when yeah. we, the first time I saw Evil Dead was on VHS, and uh, we rented mm-hmm. from a mom and pop shop. And as a kid, you know, I was like twelve years old, maybe eleven, 
when I saw that for the mm. first time. That scared the crap out of me, man. I know it's campy now, and it's, uh, you know, it's not really scary if you watch it now. It's more campy and fun, but uh, back then, woo! Yeah. And I like to be scared watching I, those movies, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I never, be, I think because I started horror so young, I barely ever get scared. So if I do, I'm like, oh, this is the best movie ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Only, only well, a lot of, even if it's only a couple times, you know, yep. in the movie. Well, it's like two scares in the movie. Bo- Great. Bonus, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I think we're, we're just desensitized to it now. It takes a lot to yeah. kind of shake me in a horror movie. Um, but, you know, I do have my favorites. Um, so, uh, before we close the podcast, give me your top, let's see, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Give me your top three favorite horror films and let's break up series. You know, don't say Friday 13th, one, two, three, let's cross <laughs> the genres, cross the genres a little bit. Uh, give me, you know, your top three favorite horror films from a different genre. Okay. Um, different genre, different series. Um, different, different series. Genre is not the right, right yeah. word. I just don't want to be Friday Thirteenth Part One, Part Two, Part Three. Let's <laughs> let's kind of yeah. get top titles. Yeah. Man, it it really pressed when you go like that. I'm like Evil Dead Two, um, <laughs> Texas. I'm, I might. I think in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Number Two in there and. Nice. Uh, the Blair Witch Project. Nice. I figured you'd have yeah. the Blair Witch Project in there, and that's actually in my yeah. in my top. It's probably cracked my top five. I love the original Blair Witch Project. Yeah, it's a great it's, film. You know, I keep recommending it to people, and they'll be like, oh, "Nothing happens," but like I know it so well. I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Man, it, it's just really cooking. We're getting through all these moments so fast." I think it's perfect. That's a great movie, and in. Yeah. It things do happen. And you know, yeah. the first time I saw it, it when I thought it was real, you know, I'm like, wow, these people are freaking nuts. And then they they, you know, yeah. when they get lost and can't find their way out and you see real fear. I mean, all that that resonated with me. And then the guy standing in the corner at the end, that that I had goosebumps on my arms, man. I was like, Yeah, what the hell's going on? It's what you can't see that scared you more. Uh <laughs> yeah. And I love, for me. I love the townspeople in that movie too. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the little like interviews. Mary, yeah, and Mary Brown at the trailer. You know, oh. like I saw her. She was like a woman. You know, with the fur and oh yeah, Mary Brown. Scary oh, man. She yeah, yeah, she creeped the shit out of me. That that one. Yeah, yeah. That and I've watched it recently. It wasn't that long ago. I watched. Mm-hmm. I watched it at least once a year. It's in the rotation that yeah. I watch it every year. Uh, the Descent's another one. I watch that sometimes two or three times a year. I love that movie. That's really spooky. That one get that one yeah. hits you a few times. Yeah. Well, they they have two versions out there, and I've mentioned this before. They have the U.S. ending and the U.K. ending, and I prefer the U.K. ending. So if the movies are identical until the end, <laughs> and the, <Yeah. laughs> the, the U.S. the the U.S. version, you know, wants wants you to leave kind of on a happy note. The U.K. ending, not so much. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if you've seen the UK ending to that, but it's it's not the American ending. I feel like I've seen it, but just like on its own, like online, just the ending. 
I got you. I seen it yeah. at theaters back when it came out. Oh, the, I you know, the American too. version. And, yeah. 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 But then I got the, uh, the U- unrated UK version uh, on DVD years ago, and I upgraded to Blu-ray recently. But, uh, yeah, when I watched that for the first time, I wasn't expecting that ending. I was like, oh, this hits me a little differently. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like this ending better. Um, But, (laughs) anyway, The Descent, way up there for me. It's probably my top three. Love that movie. Yeah. Well, Bruce, man, it is it has been nice chatting with you. What and I, you know, I tend to ramble on these things. But what I want to do is I want to shut my mouth and be quiet for a couple minutes and let you tell our audience where they can find you, where they can purchase your books. I'll put links down below so you guys can find uh, Bruce, but uh, go ahead and promote yourself away. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, you can find my books on, you know, barnesnoble.com, amazon.com, uh, Arcadia. You can find my social media, Bruce Haney author. Instagram is where I'm, you know, most active and Facebook. And you know, find my 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 horror stuff on Weekly Spooky. I have three episodes on there so far. Yep, and his ep- I actually wrote them down. We have Christmas at the Psych Ward, the House in the Woods, and the House that Killed Me. It's not abandoned, and they're all really good. They're all really good. So you got you got a knack for horror, Bruce. I want to I want to hear more Weekly Spooky stories for sure. And maybe we'll get a horror novel one day. We will. It's going to happen. All right. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, this concludes this week's episode of Horror 421, the podcast. Uh, again, I'm Charles Campbell. You can find me on Instagram under Charles Campbell Author. You can find the Horror 421, the podcast Facebook page on Facebook. Also host the Musicians Only podcast called Backstage 421. You can also find it on Facebook. You can find these podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Thank you once again, Bruce, for being on this week. I really enjoyed having you. And... uh That'll do it for this week. You guys take care and we'll see you next time on Horror 421, the podcast. We hope you had a horrific time, lovelies. Thank you for tuning in to Horror 421, the podcast. Be sure to like us on YouTube and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.